yeah, yeah, yeah. Making her way to the mic. They start dimming the lights. You start feeling alright. From Birmingham, home of the Teddy Longs, and the room is stutters. More once you discover. For all of the lovers, Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns. For all of the lovers, and Mickey James and Marvin Gaye. For all of the lovers, and Sasha Banks, Janelle Monet, Silk, Sonic, and Paige. Allow me to say, look, I just found a place. Sweet escape for every one of us. I was kinda late, so I just made it off the struggle bus. Walking by the fake, cause I know it's right in front of us. Yo, I ain't with the hate, gotta focus on what's great Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Hardy is on the air Had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show You know I go by Joe or the rest of the Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast With your girl Stephanie Hardy So on this episode, I got your news and gossip There's so much that's happened this week in wrestling and I've got a great conversation with wrestling starlet Amber Rodriguez. And I got what I liked in wrestling this week. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this chill, positive, and passionate episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Right, so in news and gossipish, there is so much that has happened this weekend wrestling, like so freaking much that this segment might be pretty long, but I'ma still go into it as best as I can anyway. And that's all across the board, not even just in WWE, but also in Impact and AEW and so much too. So I'm gonna go into it. The first thing on the docket I'm gonna discuss is Chris Bay joining the Bullet Club. So Slammiversary just happened. This past weekend. Um, And that's really a big deal for Impact fans. Um, And it seemed as if Chris Bay became... I think he basically became the first ever black member of the Bullet Club ever. Not the first person of color, but the first black member of the Bullet Club. When he joined, I believe, Jay White is his name. And they basically insinuated that he joined the Bullet Club. Now, Chris Bay is a former X Division champion, I believe, in Impact. And he's usually one of the most talented wrestlers on their roster. And plus, not to mention, he's sexy. But I'm not going to get into that. But um, <laughs> basically, he joined the Bullet Club, and it's a huge deal. So I want to say congratulations to him because this is yet another step in the right direction for his career. Um so I hope at some point, maybe one day I can get him on the show. That would be really cool. Um, but, it, but you know, congratulations to him for joining the Bullet Club and actually making history. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, also in the news in terms of impact, Kiara Hogan is um, announced that she's going to be leaving Impact Wrestling. She was one half of Fire and Flavor, which was her tag team with um, Tasha Steeles. And they made history as being the first ever, the first um, female black tag team in Impact to win the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. They've held them twice. Um, So, basically, they just dropped the titles at Slammiversary to um, Rosemary and Havoc. And she made 
a comment about it on her OnlyFans account on July the 18th. She see wrote, um, she basically wrote, what's up babies? I'm in Nashville for tapings and you guys will be the first to know that this is my last impact tapings and I'm going to see what else is out there for me. I'm so excited and scared, but I know whatever I choose to do, I'm going to be the best and that's on period. And she stated in November that her contract was up in July and she's been with impact since 2017. Um, this kind of breaks my heart a little bit because even though I don't watch Impact like on the regular like that, I did like seeing seeing her with Tasha Steels. And I know that Tasha Steels is a friend of my Jobber Tears friends um, on that podcast and everything. So it was cool watching these two black women succeed and be awesome in terms of the tag team division. Um, but sometimes Kiara Hogan can rub people the wrong way whenever she makes it seem like she's the originator of certain cultural styles and everything when it comes to um hair and outfits and stuff like that and she kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way especially Sasha Banks fans the wrong way but outside of that you know and her attitude she's a great performer and I'm excited to see what else is next I'm not sure if she'll go you know to WWE for you know the performance center or whatnot or NXT or we're also not sure if she'd even go to um, AEW at this point but I wish her the best and I'm sure whatever she chooses to do it'll be cool also in the news there's rumors running rampant um earlier this week that naomi had been moved to smackdown quietly according to pwi insider now this came after um she lost at money in the bank of course to nikki cross well not nikki cross but nikki um almost a superhero ash um in the miss money in the bank match this past sunday and she hasn't really been doing anything, you know, of note on Monday Night Raw. It's like she's sort of gotten lost in the shuffle ever since her, ever since Lana got released and they weren't a tag team anymore. So with her being rumored to have been moved to SmackDown, I think that's the best move for her, even though there's a boatload of women's talent on SmackDown now with the NXT call-ups of Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox and Tony Storm and with the rehiring of Zelina Vega as well. She could do, she could stand to do really well um, on the women's roster, but then she could also do really well if she gets involved in the Samoan family dynasty drama going on with the Universal Champion Roman Reigns and his cousins, the Usos, because she's married to Jimmy Uso. So she could get involved that way, and that would be really good for her as well. And that could probably revamp her career because Naomi and SmackDown are very synonymous with each other because that's where she found her most, you know, her most recent success with her being a two time SmackDown Women's Champion. So that might be better for her in terms of being on a show, in terms of SmackDown. But we have to see because she didn't show up on SmackDown um, this week as they emanated from Cleveland and Rolling Loud, which I'll talk about a little bit more later. But we'll see what happens there. Also in the news, we had Braun Strowman being um, rumored to have been hired back to WWE because they're because WWE is supposedly looking to compete with AEW in the sense that they've hired that they've they are rumored to have hired CM Punk and Daniel Bryan um and I'm not sure how true it is but then at the same time WWE also released new merchandise for Braun Strowman like there's a $27.99 t-shirt that says monsters are real and it's a muscle t-shirt and then there's another monsters are real tank top 
Um, and it's interesting because Braun Strowman was released from WWE on June the 2nd and is reportedly under a 90-day non-compete clause that will make him a free agent on August the 31st. That is a whole month from now. Um, and it's been also been reported that AEW has interest in signing Strowman and that he is interested in working with the promotion. Um, and he's also recently compared his non-compete clause to being in jail. So... Yeah, I don't know what else that's going to entail, but seeing as they've um, been in the business of hiring people back before, I wouldn't necessarily put it past them to hire Braun Strowman back, but at the same time, it's not that WWE has, you know, lost something major, major from not having him there, Um, but I don't know, that's kind of hard to say, but I do wish him the best in whatever it is that he chooses to do after that. Also in the news, something that basically broke the internet um, later this week was CM Punk and Daniel Bryan rumored to have been signed to AEW. Um, there are lots of reports stating that this is what happened, but it, but a lot of the inter- internet was broken from CM Punk getting signed. And the rumors are that he had started showing an interest in a pro wrestling return and that AEW had proven that there is no one big pro wrestling company in America and AEW was very close to working on a deal with Punk and it's been reported that it was virtually done all they all that he needed to do was sign a contract and that the deal is actually finished and a source confirmed that Punk signed on this morning um obviously there's a lot more excitement over the deal it was not confirmed when he will debut but we're told Punk will be on TV nearly every week um and they basically said that it wouldn't be a huge surprise if AEW debuts CM Punk before All Out or even during the Chicago pay-per-view. But here's my thing. This was sourced from Ringside News. And in terms of Daniel Bryan, we haven't seen him on WWE television since he basically got knocked off of SmackDown by Roman Reigns. And it's just... I'm not... I've never imagined Daniel Bryan wrestling anywhere else since he's been in WWE this long. Though I know that he does have history with Ring of Honor and, you know, other places like that in Japan and stuff. I've never imagined, I could never imagine him leaving WWE and going somewhere else, even though he said that that could be an option for him. Because at the same time, I'm also thinking, well, maybe he was just taking a break to spend some time with Brie Bella, his wife, and his two children, especially that new baby that they have. Congratulations to that on that new baby boy. Um, it's just, I don't know. Like, if they do go to AEW, it would be a huge deal if they both were there. And then we could get, like, a really great match between the two if they're actually there to wrestle. But... I'm just not sure about it. And when it comes to CM Punk, he's talked so much about how much he loved wrestling in the past, but then how much it took from him so very often. It's like, excuse me, he does so much to talk about, you know, how much he can't stand wrestling now or how much he may not like it or not like, you know, the idea of WWE doing certain things or whatever he gives off the impression that he's basically finished with it and I feel like if CM Punk really is going to go back to wrestling you know it has to be a shock factor thing and we'll see it when we actually see it happen 
as opposed to us having rumors, you know, running rampant about it. And then him sort of deflating those rumors with a tweet saying, ha ha, this is funny. I'm not coming back. So I think it's more of a, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it type of thing when it's the both of them. So either way, it was still really cool to see everybody just kind of running with it, you know, as if it was a fact. And Punk hasn't said anything on Twitter. Phil is chilling. Daniel Bryan is chilling. So I don't know. So (laughs) that's a lot of crazy stuff has been going on. Also, I want to send in congratulations to Thunder Rosa. She got signed to AEW officially, so she's now officially All Elite. And she got an, and it was announced on her birthday. So that was really cool. And she's a friend of the podcast because she was on my, um, she was on season two of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, please go listen to it because it was really cool and it was pretty major at the time because I was, you know, still starting out and it was just amazing to actually get her on so please listen to that episode if you have a chance um and finally in the news the rock is rumored to be uh, making an appearance at survivor series this year in november so according to a report from the Matt men podcast andrew zarian Dwayne the rock johnson will make his return to the wws survivor series this november because the company Um, Because it was reported in June by Dave Meltzer, Uncle Dave, who may or may not know what's actually going on, um, that the company was trying to get the People's Champ to make some sort of appearance at the show, given it's the 25th anniversary of his debut. And the fact that there's also the matter of him possibly taking on Roman Reigns, which has been heavily rumored for an upcoming WrestleMania. Um, Zarian also mentioned that WWE is looking to host um, Survivor Series at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. And The Rock or WWE have not responded to these reports. They haven't said anything or confirmed anything as of yet. But The Rock gave WWE fans a hope of a dream match between him and Reigns while giving an interview with one of his colleagues, Hiram Garcia, last September. He said at the time, but you know what? The truth is I will be honored not only to share the ring with Roman and to go back to the WWE, but of course I would be honored to have him raise his hand in that one. So a lot of people want this match to happen next year in Texas, especially me, because I would love for that to happen in Texas, considering I plan, I tentatively plan on going to that WrestleMania because it's been too long since I've been to one and I need to go. Or they've their room the rumor is is that it could take place at the WrestleMania the year after next in Los Angeles because of course that's Tinseltown that's movie town where the rock currently sits on the throne as king of Hollywood so who knows when it could happen but I want it to happen soon because it's almost seeming like even though Roman Reigns is set to possibly face off against Finn Balor or John Cena for SummerSlam it the line is shortly getting you know, close as to who could actually dethrone him as the head of the table and the universal champion. And I feel since he's acting like he's the king of the family and all that, the Samoan family dynasty, who better to prove himself against than The Rock? 
And it was so funny because I was listening to the Jobber Tears podcast. Shout out to them. Sir Wilkins was saying that, I, I believe it was either Sir Wilkins or Janelle, they were saying they feel like the only way Roman Reigns can reach that level of mainstream popularity is if he faces The Rock. And I 100% agree with that because as great as Roman Reigns is, he has yet to reach that pinnacle um, as of yet. But if he faces The Rock, that would make him a bona fide star. So we'll have to see about that. And that's the end of news and gossipish. And now we're going to go to my amazing interview with the beautiful and talented Amber Rodriguez. So on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, I am so happy to have this amazing guest here with me. She is the renegade queen, Amber Rodriguez. How are you, ma'am? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. I'm just really happy to have you. So I'm going to start by asking you the question I ask every one of my guests on here, and that's when did you fall in love with wrestling? Uh, I think I was around five. I will never forget my first wrestling memory ever was uh, the night Chris Jericho debuted on Monday Night Raw and interrupted The Rock's promo. Yeah, I was hooked ever since. That's a good place to get hooked because that was hysterical. <laughs> like, yeah, every time I mean, I, you said it and it just brought a smile to my face because Chris Jericho was ready, right? But The yeah. Rock was like, up, oh, nope, sit down. <laughs> It's amazing. He was just like, like, the rock is just, like he himself is is an icon. He is. He's definitely one of my favorites. Favorites, not only just as a wrestler, but as a human. Like, right. he's just he's such a nice person. He just seems like such a nice person, and he's just always busy. Like he's mm-hmm. he never. I wonder if he ever truly just sits down sometimes. And I see like um because I follow his uh social medias and I see like clips of him and his babies and like oh that's that's so amazing that he like you know doesn't it's like it it looks like I mean we'll, we're on the outside looking in so we never know but it's it's amazing to see that there's like a balance yeah it is a balance but then on the outside looking in you're wondering like how in the world do you balance all of that movie after right. movie show after show project after project and then you got your babies and your marriage in between that like gosh but I'm yeah. pretty sure he handles it you know as well as he can as anybody can so yeah um, so when did you decide to pursue wrestling as a career uh I was 15 years old um and my older brother Chuck Lennox uh found Gilbert's Pro Wrestling Academy because we were always fans of it right and then one day he was like um online and yeah he came across like this wrestling school which I didn't know was a thing like (laughs) you know I thought it was just like WWE and that's it um like I think MCW was my first like indie show that I've ever been to Mm -hmm. and I saw um Mickey James versus Mia Yim and I was like man this is cool you know and it's like you get to see like where all the stars are made you know what I mean um so yeah we knew we wanted to go there because it was connected to MCW and um when Gilbert shut down we lateraled over to MCW school and uh yeah the rest is history (laughs) okay 
so basically you started you know knowing rel- relatively young that you wanted to do this mm-hmm. like and that's the thing um because being a kid <laughs> basically like I was a child and um you know you're not really going to get started and really flourish until like later on you know what I mean like I didn't even take I I think I started taking some bookings when I was 17 but for the most part I had to wait until I was 18 because a lot of places you need to be licensed um at 18 years old and so you know it's it's really a how bad do you want it kind of thing you know but I took that time and you know worked hard and you know it it paid off definitely I imagine so that because it's just like wrestling is like one of those things it's like either you're all in or you're just not so it's just so I'm really happy to hear that you really had an all-in approach to it and, and you went for it even as a younger person and you did what you had to do so were there any so who exactly trained you and um who do you credit for training you and exactly what lessons did they teach you that sort of stuck with you as you matriculated through your training um so earl and rich uh they're known in maryland as the holy rollers um they've done like you know the whole wwf thing back in the day and they're just amazing um because they're like old school trainers but not so old school to where it's like they they keep up you know what i mean so it's it's not like do it this way that you saw back in the 80s and that's it like no do it this way and put this kind of twist on it if that makes sense so um it it was nice um also not a lot of people know but uh rich swan uh had a hand in my training uh i met rich when i was 15 or 16 and yeah he used to come by to school and help me out a lot so um another great guy um so yeah So were there any lessons that they taught you that sort of stuck with you as you continue to um, learn and pursue wrestling? Yeah, uh, pretty much everything. Like, especially at that time when I was just kind of like a sponge, you know? Um, You know, and the biggest biggest thing that I still carry with me to this day is when uh, one of my trainers, um, Earl, had told me, uh, when you think you're going too slow, slow down. So um, that's something I always keep in the back of my mind whenever I get that kind of anxiety and, you know, feel like, I don't know, it's weird because I always say, even in the shortest match, it's like the longest, like, let's say it's five minutes. It'll be like the longest five minutes of your life. <laughs> so the longest and the the shortest at the same time, because you get to the back and you're like, man, you know, like that went by fast. But um, yeah, so you think you're going too slow slow down <laughs> that's one thing I always keep uh, in the back of my mind okay those are pretty good lessons to learn so I saw while doing some research on you I found that you were um, an active that you were an active member of the Coast Guard yeah so I'm active duty um, I have a lot going on so even outside of that uh, I'm also a certified esthetician um, which is another thing. So I'm kind of doing away with the whole La Reina Renegada, Queen Renegade thing and embracing my aesthetics career. <laughs> so you're going to see a change in the ring very soon. 
Um, but yeah, so I, I have a lot of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're basically a Jill of all trades. So I think that's always, you know, a good thing because you're never, I feel like now more than ever, it's becoming um, more of a norm to sort of be good at and sort of embrace all of the gifts that you have as opposed to just sort of focusing on just one thing like a lot of people do for the rest of their life and then just do that one thing and then once it's yeah. over it's just like oh snap but yeah. I think it's cool that you know that you actually were in the Coast Guard and then you have your own business with your skincare line because I did see that and not, and you're a wrestler as well so I think that's just really cool so yes. was it was there anything um, in your Coast Guard experience? The reason why I asked about it is, was there anything in your Coast Guard experience that you were able to apply um, to your wrestling experience? So um, wrestling and the military are very similar. Um, mm-hmm. I mean that in in a lot of different ways. Um, but the thing is, it's like you you meet people from all different walks of life. And people that you probably would never, like, hang out with or even talk to outside of it. But it's like you all have that one thing in common. You know what I mean? Um, So really being in the service just kind of taught me to, you know, just branch out and meet new people and kind of, like, leave home and get out there and see different things. And, you know, wrestling provides that as well, in a sense. Um, So, yeah, they're they're very similar. But to answer your question, like, you know, just as far as, like, just the things that I've come across in both paths is just, like, you know, just really just focusing on your career and then the people that you meet along the way, you know, like, you're lucky if you come out with with a few friends that, you know, can really be a support system that get it. You know what I mean? Because they they also live through it or have lived through it. So yeah, they're both they're both very rewarding careers. Okay, cool. So since you've been an independent wrestler, like how exactly has the scene um, has the independent wrestling scene treated you? And do you believe that you have a growing fan base? Yes, um, I do, and. Um, yeah, so the indie scene, it's been up and down. <laughs> um, you know, when I took my four years off, um, and I, I joined the service, uh, it was, it was kind of random for a lot of people, but I was, I was going through so much, uh, at that time mentally and, you know, um, I had been through so much and I'm, I'm glad that the speaking out movement happened. Uh, it needed to happen. It needs to keep happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and changes need to come from it. There have been some changes. So we need to just continue making progress, continue saying their names and continue um, doing the work to keep all the locker rooms safe um, for everybody, not just women, but for everybody. Um, but coming back or having the courage to even come back after um the trauma that I've been through, you know, my daughter was really a driving factor. Like I want her to see like, Hey, I've been through some really crappy stuff, but I didn't let those people take my dreams away from me, you know, and you can still push through and, you know, really come back from whatever you want to come back from. Um, and yeah, this time around, it's been a lot, 
I don't want to say easier. It's just been, it's been better on me mentally. And because I took time off, because uh, I've been kind of toughened up in that break, it's like coming back, I just have a different mindset on a lot of things now and a different attitude. And, you know, even the way I carry myself or the way I react to things, it's like certain things that would have bothered me before. It's I'm able to brush it off now. So um, now it's it's just been so much better for me, you know? Okay. Um, but so in the midst of that, even after your break, once you did return, did you actually, do you feel like you have built up a fan base or are you still sort of, or is that still growing? Yes. Um, my fan base is definitely still growing. It, your fan base should never stop growing. You know what I mean? Like you should never reach a certain following and it's like, all right, that's it. You know, like you should always be expanding and growing your brand and coming up with new and fresh ideas for people to follow. Um, That's another reason that I am repackaging myself right now or rebuilt as I love to hashtag and say, Um, that's why I'm rebuilding myself right now because I feel like you always kind of have to come back with that fresh idea and especially you know for a lot of um indie workers that are you know trying to get discovered and you know the best thing is to stand out and come back with something different you know what I mean and just switch it up every now and then you know if something's not working if it's not getting you you know the attention you want from whether it be promoters fans or both or whatever or your peers or whatever um you know just kind of take a step back you know um go back to the drawing board come back harder and stronger with uh something else and that's why with this you know a lot of people can relate to um being serviced as far as like you know what I do in in aesthetics a lot of people can relate to wanting um to have a certain look to them and so that's kind of uh how I came up with what I'm doing now because I offer um as an esthetician so many body contouring treatments um you know facials waxing I can go on and on and on but like you know it's just something that people see but they don't see it to the degree of combining it with professional wrestling and you know wrestling is kind of that platform where we can take these things and elevate them and you know be these larger than life characters because I was just saying on we left wrestling podcast like there's not a lot of characters anymore like everyone's just kind of like well I'm a performer I'm a I'm a competitor it's like if if I wanted to see that I'd watch like boxing or MMA like I want to see theater you know like so um that's the beauty in it you know um so yeah there's always room to grow for my fan base whether it be from uh just Amber Rodriguez who you know um had the MCW women's title like that era of me or whether it be from the La Reina Renegada era of me or whether it be from this like you attract more fans along the way yeah like when you evolve it's like you're always giving your fans something to bite into and that's something I can always appreciate like I feel like so one of the best wrestlers to ever do that was definitely is definitely Chris Jericho it's like mm-hmm. he's never ever been um, the same person 
twice. Like he's always been one, yeah. one, one era he's one way, and then another era he's another way, and then another era he's. It's another like Mick Foley. Yes, him know? too. Exactly. Yeah. And that just always stays interesting. So kudos to you for that and actually combining that part of yourself in your life, you know, with your wrestling um, character and actually trying to push that forward um, in terms of what's unique and special. I'm really excited to see what that's going to be like. So how exactly has the pandemic sort of affected you in your wrestling career and how were you able to pivot around that? So, um, not to sound cocky or anything, but it, it didn't really affect much. Mm-hmm. Um, bookings were slower, but they didn't cease. And that's a blessing. Um, I was able to still get work and uh, compete safely, perform safely. And um, I was still able to have other opportunities on larger platforms. Um, so, yeah, like it, it sucked, but it wasn't too bad wrestling wise, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because um, it's just, I know various wrestlers, you know, have various different experiences since I've started the podcast and started talking is to wrestlers. Um, some of them have either said that they're business either slowed down or stopped for a while or that they were able to find other means of staying connected to their fans and connected to shows and stuff like that so that's good to hear that it didn't really slow you down in that aspect one thing about me i'm a hustler so Mm -hmm. i'm always (laughs) gonna make it work (laughs) exactly that's how you have to be it's a good it's the way you survive Mm -hmm. so how exactly do you balance um, your wrestling career with your other ventures um, and everything else that you have going on? You're an esthetician, like you're a wrestler, you're a mother. Like, how do you balance all of that? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I will let you know <laughs> because it gets hectic. Um, but I actually, and this sounds like kind of simple, but honestly since I've actually started using my calendar like it's changed my life so much because that was another thing like I would just have so much going on between like you know my military career as uh, aesthetics clients um training being on the road you know different appointments and you know my baby getting her to and from school and whatever she's involved with um another thing I have to thank my publicist um alexis uh simply sporty chic um and brian waters from um the wrestling realm he's my social media manager Mm -hmm. they have made my life so much easier and i tell my other wrestling friends like invest in yourself get you a publicist get you social media manager like get you a team because you we can't do this alone like you need a team you need people to help you along the way and then the thing with publicists is they're great with kind of cross promoting or cross branding you know with other platforms that aren't necessarily wrestling related but it's something for you to go and showcase your brand and maybe even you know introduce them to it um so yeah it's it's a great investment and i'm like what all i have to do is show up (laughs) like so it's it's amazing and it just makes everything run so much smoother and they those two people just keep me a a well-oiled machine (laughs) 
Actually, that sounds amazing in terms of having a team because it's just because I know from my perspective, since I've started the podcast, it's like it's just me doing posting, <laughs> clipping everything. <laughs> but I'm not mad about it, though. Um, but at the same time, I wonder, you know, when when is that time going to come where I'm actually going to need a team? Yeah, so it's good to know that you actually have that support system and it works for you in that sense. Um, yeah. So maybe one day I'll get to that point, but that point hasn't happened just yet. And um, that's fine. But like, uh, and even at my level on an independent level, like so many people are like, oh, you're like a superstar or whatever. Like, no, there's nothing wrong with getting help. Like mm-hmm. when you have so much going on and you love, you know, your career so much, your wrestling career so much that you want to take it to the next level, you may need some help. Like there's nothing wrong with having a team of people there to support you like it doesn't mean you're big-headed or anything like that it just means that you're looking for more opportunities and you're investing in yourself definitely so I'm gonna soak that in and put and let that (laughs) nestle in my spirit and I'll just you know (laughs) take that into consideration (laughs) myself so what exactly is your opinion on the state of women's wrestling not only just in the indies but also in the mainstream world as well and what do you think um is good about it and what could very well be improved as well as far as what's good about it like in ring we have come a long way we've come a long way from the bra and panties and jello matches like we've come a long way from that um and then not just as a woman but as a black woman like even seeing two black women main event wrestlemania is insane like in a good way um you know it's just something i never thought i'd i'd see and so it's just amazing to see how far we've come you know um and representation is important you know it's other other little girls need to see that and need to have um have done to them what Jacqueline and Jazz and seeing them did for me you know and so um we've got so many amazing role models to to look at and so many people to look up to um and yeah in ring we've come a long way however I feel like backstage there's a lot of work that needs to be done um you know like as far as having more female creative writers more female agents more female coaches you know like a lot can be done back there you know so we've come a long way but there's always going to be room for improvement definitely and I appreciate that answer because um and because it's like I feel like I'm definitely like a a person who supports the idea of more women behind the scenes Mm -hmm. Um, and also just being the athletes it's amazing you know when you can put on an all um female wrestling show which I am going to ask you about a little bit later but at the same time you know when when it comes to all the creative ideas and such it seems like it comes from and when it comes to the people working it mostly just comes from you know the male perspective and there's a female perspective that needs to be included as well so I definitely appreciate that answer because I am very supportive of that so who has been your favorite opponent to face so far it's a tie um between Mickey James, I'm never gonna not like publicly thank that woman for just the 
advice and the you know creative feedback and just I I always say I would not be the performer that I am today if it weren't for uh, those matches that I've had with her um, and you can watch those on MCW Flashback Friday um, <laughs> shameless plug yeah and uh, Nyla Rose uh, that's that's my sis that's my bestie I love that woman um, you know we've lived together we've been on the road together we've beat each other up <laughs> so um, those are always going to be my favorite matches as well and you're going to get to see another uh, very soon um, I'm not going to say too much because uh, certain things haven't been announced yet but let's just say it's coming soon um, but yeah so those two they're you know just always going to be my favorite so the fact that you faced Mickey James who's like an icon is so amazing like I can't even deal that's like I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to deal with that if I was even in the same room as her I so I said, so like, I said this on We Love Wrestling yesterday. It was like, it's definitely a somebody pinch me moment. But what, what's so funny about it is that, uh, you know, MCW, they were always just so nonchalant. Like, oh, yeah, we're bringing Lita and you're going to do a program with her. Yeah, Mickey's coming. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, oh, OK. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Um, at first, I thought it was a rib. But then, you know, uh, like, actually, I think it was like, when we first like locked up it hit me like man like um freaking uh you know 10 11 12 year old me would be freaking out right now so but yeah it it was amazing and I'm very thankful definitely so do you have any dream opponents Jess Jess oh Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so auntie if you're watching or listening to this (laughs) that needs to happen Yes, definitely, considering she's on her uh, retirement tour. Mm -hmm. I think that would be amazing. And I loved actually meeting her and actually having the privilege of calling one of her matches that she did at the Belladonna Division Genesis show, the the first one that we had in Gadsden. Um, Yeah, I was commentating for it. And considering that was my first time, you know, commentating ever, just the idea that I was even on a show, period. But then on a show with her, in commentating mm-hmm. and having to meet her and talk to her and everything it was just absolutely one of the coolest moments of my life like it it was insane so I yeah. hope you actually do get that match at some point yeah so if given the opportunity would you sign with a major um, mainstream promotion like WWE Impact or AEW of course of course um that's I always say, like, if you're not in it to win it, then why are you in it? Like, that should be the promised land to a lot of people, you know what I mean? So that's always been a goal for me. And uh, this time around, you know, it's it's like I'm really, not that I wasn't all in before, but now I just have more to fight for. You know, I got a, I got a baby. Like, you know, I just I have to check that off the list, you know? definitely and I can't wait I feel like you definitely have the talent and the drive to make it and I cannot wait to see you you know on one of those shows so I can be like oh I know her she was on my show yeah my plan when it happens because we're speaking into existence right uh, when it happens my plan is to just not tell anybody just randomly debut in one of those places yes those are the best debuts to me it's like the ones you never see coming 
Yeah. Those are the best debuts to me. So definitely I'll be looking forward to that day. So (laughs) do you hope to um, continue to be a great example of women of color in wrestling? Yes, of course. You know, like um, I pray before my matches and, um, you know, that's one thing that I pray about. Like if I can inspire just one person out there, you know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's those moments where like I'm at my merch table or I'm getting ready to leave and like a, another little girl comes up to me and it's like, you know what I mean? It's like a special moment. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something I, I love to carry. Definitely. So I, I appreciate that answer. So who are, this is more of a fun question, but who are your top five um, women's wrestlers? Hmm. Okay. Mickey James, Lita. You can't say Lita, not say Trish. I always say that. Yeah. Um, Jazz and Medusa. Okay, that's a really solid top five there. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. Um, if I could share my top five, um, I would say my number one is Sasha Banks. Yeah. I just feel like she's just the goat and I will fight anybody <laughs> on it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to fight today, but I will fight somebody on it. Um, my number two is, prob- is probably Trish. Mm-hmm. My number three is Jazz. Number four is Jacqueline. And number five, I would say, is probably um, Bailey. Yeah, we got to give Bianca her flowers too, though. Oh, definitely. Oh, I She's love her. That's yeah. my girl. I'm so proud yeah. of her. Um, yeah, my can... daughter does the the butt pat thing. Oh my goodness! Yes, I feel like a lot of little girls resonate with her and love her so very much, and it's so yeah. beautiful to see because it's just for someone who didn't dream about becoming a wrestler but was right. so athletically gifted, and now to see where she's at, it's just absolutely insane to me. And then last night, you know, when she had her moment. Um, on SmackDown, you know, with the live crowd and they were back for the first time. It was mm-hmm. just so beautiful to hear everybody cheering for her. I was just like, Yay! yeah, right. And then it's it's like, you know, because normally people like that get a bad rap, right? Like, oh, you, you weren't a fan of wrestling or you didn't blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I can appreciate coming into the business, taking the time to learn. And, you know, sure, it may not have been plan A, but you you can tell she just respects this business so much and I I genuinely appreciate you know people like that yes definitely and, and how you were talking about the Bianca and Sasha match like that was a very emotional moment for me because I've been watching wrestling yeah. my, my since I was four years old and it's just to be able to see that type of moment to think about all the history of the women of color um, and the black women who sort of, you know, set that precedent for them to have that moment and to yeah. watch them in their absolute prime tear it up in the main event of that night one was just absolutely amazing. And I cried at the end. It was just, it was so much I cried emotion. at the beginning. <laughs> oh my God. I was trying to keep from crying at the beginning because I was doing a, a watch along that night. So, yeah. Um, with women's wrestling talk. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. But I was doing a watch along with them and I was trying really hard not to cry at the beginning because I wanted to focus. But yeah. at the end, I just had to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I had to just let it yeah. go. And then I watched it with my daughter. That made it more special. 
Yes, I imagine so. I loved watching clips of people on social media watch it with their children. Mm -hmm. That was so beautiful to me. I was just like, I know this has to be an amazing moment for parents (laughs) to have with their kids. I know if I had a child, it would be a moment for me too. Yeah, for sure. So, but my inner child, like the one that I have that I have to take care of inside, (laughs) was really happy too. So yeah. it was it was great and I watch that match almost every month. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed. It's crazy. So, um what does it mean to be a part of the Belladonna Division show Genesis 2 that's coming up in August? Um I'm honored. Huh? I'm honored. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like even um Casey Dillon, um you know, just creating a safe space for women to come and you know put on an excellent performance like I you know commend her for that um and I know she's been through a lot and it's just a great place to be I'm I'm honored you know and I'm excited to get there under my my new persona and you know just kind of um show you guys what's what's new <laughs> what's new with me yeah I'm really honored to be a part of it too as a commentator because I will be coming back so the mm. idea of just being a part of an all-women show in Alabama um just means the world to me because it's just like you know I'm from here and really this is my first time really this year my first time really ever participating in indie in the indie circuit in indie um circuit at all Um, Oh, you're from Alabama? Yes, I am. I'm from Birmingham. Oh, I live in Mobile. Oh, okay. So cool then. Okay, so yay, Alabama stand-up. Let's go. So so it's just like being able to participate in the indies like that just means everything to me because I'm still learning about it, you know, each and every day. And I learn from it from talking to wrestlers like you, from professionals like Casey and all of that. So I feel really honored to be a part of it myself. So yes, it's going to be really cool. And I'll be so excited to see you live and to, and to call your action. And we're going to have some interesting things to call. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'm ready for it. I'm prepared. So <laughs> do, since you're um, an Alabama girl, do you have a desire to see wrestling grow in our home state? So I'm not originally from here, but I can appreciate um, Mobile. Uh, that's another reason why I currently hail from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see more. Um, what's a polite way to put it? <laughs> more reputable places um, around here. Just you know, more. Um, I don't know, like just you know, more well put together shows um, around here. Like uh, I know now we have Alabama Wrestling Alliance, and you know, of course, Belladonna. Um, and so, yeah, I would lo- I would actually love to see somewhere run in Mobile. I think Mobile would be a great location for wrestling because we don't get wrestling um, unless WWE Live is in town. Mm-hmm. So it'd be amazing to see someone even run here. Yeah, I feel like it would be amazing if we had something like that in Birmingham, too, because sometimes the more I watch different shows or different documentaries, the more I realize how much of a hand Birmingham has in older wrestling a long time ago like we're really a historic wrestling town and don't really even know it and it's ironic 
yeah it's really ironic so it's just like sometimes a part of me wishes we had our own um our own like wrestling promotion itself because I feel like that would probably pull a little bit more into the city I know it would be very unconventional because we're all football football but at the (laughs) same time it would still be cool if that happened you know so maybe um I know one person is working on a um a wrestling promotion called our culture pro wrestling his name is Jordan McLean um but I would just love to see you know other ones as well so sometimes I think about that a lot but then again I have to chill out sometimes and not be as <laughs> as ambitious because I have so much ambition but yet all no, none of the money. So oh, hey, just don't be one of those tax return promoters or stimulus check promoter. Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> so, what does the future hold for Amber Rodriguez? The future is very bright and we're going to need some shades <laughs> cuz it's going to blind you. Oh, no. That was corny. Um, but no, (laughs) (laughs) but no, seriously, like just with this whole like change that I'm going through and just, you know, embracing, um, my career as an esthetician and my wrestling career and kind of, you know, I'm so glad that I found a way to like mesh the two and I'm so excited for people to see what I've been cooking up in this crazy brain of mine for months and see that it's actually you know my my vision is actually coming to life so I'm excited for everyone to see um and honestly I am just I'm ready like I'm I'm really in the best years of my life right now and I'm just ready to live and you know get out there and just you know do what I'm meant to do that's definitely a hopeful way a beautiful and hopeful way to end our time together amber thank you so much for coming on the hardy wrestling podcast so if you don't mind telling people where they can find you on social media and just put yourself over that way yes so i'm on instagram and twitter at one amber rodriguez they're both the same so it makes it easier um i am on facebook my fan page is amber rodriguez uh youtube same thing um also shop ashleyreneebeauty.com um that's where you can get you some body scrubs some lotion body butter bath salts you know um just get you some really good skincare um also you can follow us uh on instagram at ashleyreneebeauty uh llc and twitter at ashleyreneebeauty um so yeah i'm excited you know also um email ashley renee uh beauty company at gmail.com for consultations <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on the hardy wrestling podcast and i wish you nothing but success in your career okay thanks for having me thank you for coming Right, so in this segment, this is why I normally do my recaps, but I'm going to talk about all of the things that I, that I liked in wrestling this week. And I'm going to start with Money in the Bank Sunday. Boy, was that a doozy, huh? <laughs> Money in the Bank was fantastic. And you don't usually expect this pay-per-view to knock it out of the park, but they really did this time. 
Of course, the pre-show match between the Usos and Rey and Dominic Mysterio for the SmackDown Tag Team titles, that was really good, which makes me feel like we should get rid of the narrative of pre-show matches, you know, not counting or not being as important. Like, we should stop that right now because this match was fan-freaking-tastic. And for Dominic, who was really just, who was really the rookie in this whole match, he really did a good job keeping up with the Usos because they are like one of the best tag teams you know in the world hands down so this match was really really good and to see the Usos win you know I was actually happy that they won because of course now you know they're seven time tag team champions which puts them in GOAT territory but at the same time just to see them win and then to see Roman be universal champion is basically like you know an all gold everything or in this case an all gold and silver everything type of family dynamic going on and it's cool even though after they won Roman Reigns kind of planted some seeds talking about you know how one brother basically pitting the brothers against each other and that sucks to me because stop it the mind games continue with him it just never fails also one of the things I loved about money in the bank was seeing Pat McAfee since they were in Texas Pat McAfee was dressed up like a like a cowboy in all denim and it was just the cutest thing on the planet. Pat McAfee has to be one of the greatest parts about wrestling in 2021 because him as a commentator with um, Michael Cole is just revitalizing everything about it, you know, because he has a personality that combines his fandom along with his professional um color commentary skills and it's just so wonderful he's doing such a good job with michael cole michael cole um even said earlier this week that he feels like pat mcafee revitalized his career and i can't blame him like that duo has the capacity to sort of surpass almost almost surpass what michael cole and taz did for each other in the early 2000s on smackdown they really do because they were they were fantastic they were hilarious together so i feel like michael cole and pat mcafee might have that dynamic yet again um so they're amazing and pat mcafee just needs to keep doing what he's doing even last night on smackdown he made reference to the fact during the rolling loud segment that michael cole was calling asap rocky asap rocky and i'm just like <laughs> it was almost like pat mcafee was the cool one and michael cole was just like the goofy dad who's just trying to understand you know the hip the hip-hop stuff like they're just hysterical together and i love it um also with money in the bank i absolutely love slash hated um well i won't say hated i love slash did not like too much that nikki ash won miss money um became miss money in the bank not for the way that she wanted because the way that she wanted was absolutely smart and hilarious and while doing my watch along with um tk trinidad um, shout out to her in women's wrestling talk. I was telling her how it reminded me of how I caught the bouquet at um, my boyfriend's best friend's wedding. And you just have to get crafty sometimes when it comes to catching the things that you want. And it seems like when everybody else is scrambling for it and trying to beat everybody up, you just have to reach up and boop, get it. <laughs> and that's what Nikki did. She reached up and boop, got it. And she became Miss Money in the Bank. Even though it felt like the crowd was really rooting for either Naomi 
or Liv Morgan, definitely Liv Morgan. And it seems so sad to sort of watch Liv Morgan just cry after that. Like she really wanted it. And I would have loved to have seen Naomi get it because she just hasn't really, she's never won, Ms. she's never won money in the bank. And it's just, there's so much that they're just not doing with her right now at this point. And it's disappointing. But at the same time, I'm still happy for Nikki Ash because she's worked so hard and watched everybody else succeed even before her. Even though she's been a two-time women's tag team champion with Alexa Bliss and stuff, you know, she's watched everybody else sort of go to the forefront. And now, um, she, and now of course on Raw, she cashed in on Charlotte <laughs> She cashed in on Charlotte to become the new Raw Women's Champion. So it's really good for her that this is happening, especially since she had that whole backlash that happened with her character change that she came up with herself that everybody just wasn't sure about. But she was sure about it and she and she stood 10 toes down in it. And now she's our Raw Women's Champion. Also, I think it's funny that Charlotte just keeps getting being the one to get cashed in on. She got cashed in on like with Carmella. She got cashed in on when it was Bailey, And now she's getting cashed in on with with it being Nikki so I guess now they're gonna feud with each other but I'm wondering how does Rhea Ripley tie into this as well because also at Money in the Bank Rhea Ripley lost her match lost her championship match to Charlotte Flair and it's so funny because during the match with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair that was something I really loved at Money in the Bank because they were able to show more of that intensity that I was actually asking them to sort of tap into a whole lot um and the match was really good but then during the match there were people who were chanting that they wanted Bailey I mean not Bailey they wanted Becky like as in Becky Lynch and Charlotte flipped them the bird and Peacock had to like flash it out and then flash it back in and she was still holding up the middle finger to them and I was just like god dang it's just so funny no matter what Charlotte does Becky is always her you know main squeeze in terms of a rivalry like oh my god it's so crazy um I can't wait for Becky to come back because she actually did post a picture of her in front of the arena, but she has yet to make her return to wrestling, but I can't wait till she does. So it's going to be hilarious. So, um, that was cool. Their match was stellar. Um, it was really good. And I hated the Rhea Ripley lost here because I sort of wanted them to sort of, you know, keep the whole future of the women's division going in terms of her being champion along with Bianca Belair and Raquel Gonzalez. But they changed their minds and went towards Charlotte, even though Charlotte has been doing, you know, a stellar job with her heel work because she she reached a new level with her heel work as sort of like this black swan Karen girl. But I just wonder what it's what's going to happen now with her having to face up against Nikki Cross since she, she cashed in on her and took the title from her and she was only a champion for like one night. So, yeah, um, something else that happened that I didn't necessarily like all that much was Goldberg making his return on Raw to say that he was next to face Bobby Lashley. I didn't like that considering one thing, it ties into something that I did like about Raw was the fact that Keith Lee 
made his return and I'm so happy that he's doing okay and he actually returned and faced Bobby Lashley but what made me mad was was the fact that Bobby Lashley you know beat him and then and then Goldberg came out and just acted like nothing happened and he wanted to challenge him by all accounts I feel like Keith Lee should be next in terms of challenging Bobby Lashley for that title because he's been gone for so long and the last time he fought in a match to qualify as the next person to face um the champion he wound up losing I think to Drew McIntyre if I'm not mistaken um And that irritates me because he has all of the qualities you could look for in a champion. So I don't understand why they're not utilizing that. Or maybe I should just have patience to just take my time and just wait to see what they do with him because he did just return. But I really would have loved to have seen Bobby Lashley versus Keith Lee at SummerSlam instead. But of course, you know, when it comes to these big four pay-per-views, they're always going to go for the names that will draw in casual fans which I respect them for, but at the same time, when you have people who could take the place of these people who are no longer in their prime, utilize them. Please utilize them. (laughs) Please. It's just annoying how they just keep bringing in these people who aren't as relevant or aren't really relevant like they were in the past, but they yet, they just keep going with them. Also an amazing thing that happened on Raw Jeff Hardy came out and faced um, Karrion Cross, who made his Raw debut, and beat him after he came out to his No More Words theme music from back in the day. And that set the internet on fire, and it made me happy for him, because Hardy gang, Hardy gang, he deserves it. So... That was really cool. And those are some of the things I liked about. Oh, and when it comes to Money in the Bank, Big E won Mr. Money in the Bank. And I'm so happy for him because he's the first black male winner of Money in the Bank. And I'm so proud of him because he was my number one pick to win for the men. And he actually won. I thought for a minute Seth was going to get it. But thank God he did it. And then also thank God that Drew McIntyre didn't get it. Because he got distracted and beat up by Jinder Mahal and all of his goons. And I was just so happy that that happened because I couldn't take another Drew McIntyre tour. And I definitely couldn't take another Seth Rollins tour. Because him facing off against Edge now um, is just a way more interesting than that. So I'm so happy that Big E now has an opportunity to cash in on whatever champion he wants to. Whether it be NXT Raw or SmackDown. Like, a part of me really wants him to go after Roman Reigns simply because that would be intriguing. Because it would just be two wrestlers of the opposite spectrum going up against each other. It's like you have the darkest of evil and then you have the powerhouse of positivity going up against each other. But then he could also face Bobby Lashley and get revenge um, on Bobby for how he's been treating the new day, his New Day pals, Xavier and Kofi, over the past couple of weeks. He could do that. Or he could throw in a wild card and just go back to NXT and do that because, of course, that can happen too. But more likely, it's going to be Ron SmackDown. So I'm happy for Big E. I love him. He's he's our giant positive teddy bear, and he deserves all the success that he's getting. Except on SmackDown, they kept interrupting him last night. And I want him to bask in his moment. Let him bask in his glow. He is Big Freaking E. Let him have it. But either way... um. Something else that I really liked about NXT this week was the entirety of the segments involving Samoa Joe, especially when he came out 
after Raquel and Zia Lee faced each other for the NXT Women's Championship. And he was like, oh, Cross, come out and play. <laughs> I was laughing so hard because when Samoa Joe is coming after you, he makes it known that he is coming after you. And he has no problem calling you out to the flagpole. <laughs> Like, he is just so funny and he's just so intense. And because he has been, you know, provoked, he has every right to fight people now. So I want to see him versus Karrion Cross before Karrion decides to make his full transition to the main roster if that's what they're doing with him. Because backstage after Raw, after he lost to Jeff Hardy, he sounded like he really did want to make, you know, put Jeff Hardy on notice. So we'll see about that. But him beefing with Jeff and then also beefing with Samoa Joe on a whole nother show was just kind of fantastic for me. And it almost gave me whiplash, but it'll be okay. So something else that I really liked about NXT was Odyssey Jones. Like, he's powerful. Like, I would love to see a match between him and Keith Lee because I know it'll break the ring. And I just like watching rings get destroyed for my own entertainment. I'm a terrible person. Either way. Um, (laughs) Like, he impressed me with his whole breakout tournament thing. And I believe he'll go really far um, if he doesn't win. If he and then if he does win, that'll be cool, too. So that really that's cool. And then I really like the Raquel Gonzalez and Zia Lee match, even though it seemed that Zia Lee got the wind knocked out of her and got injured in her rib. Um. I was still enjoying that match, and I really thought that Zaylee was giving Raquel um, more intensity and more toughness than she's shown in like a while. So, yeah, I was okay with this, and I'm also just waiting for the day that um, Dakota Kai stabs her in the back because you know it's coming. Like she's tired of being overlooked. Like she really is tired of being overlooked, and. They've been planting those seeds little by little. And I love that long-term storytelling because it, when it, when it, cause it's like when the turn happens, it's going to pop and shock everybody. So that's cool. So I believe that's pretty much all I liked about NXT this week. Um, also Frankie Monet is awesome. She's just awesome. She's just, she's a star. And her theme song reminds me of Megan Thee Stallion for some reason. But um, she's amazing. And I can't wait to see more of what she has to offer as well. Now, SmackDown, the A-show. They have just been popping off for no reason at all. And I mean, no reason. It's like ever since SmackDown got back in front of the people, they have just been lit for no reason. And I'm going to go into why. Look. SmackDown started with John Cena coming out there and calling out Roman Reigns. And I can't even remember really all of what he said, but, you know, he's out here and he challenged Roman Reigns for the Universal title. And one can assume that he's challenging him for um, SummerSlam. And that's okay, because, of course, you know, they have to 
you know, hype up that big for a pay-per-view. And they've started this new thing called the Summer of Cena. So I'm assuming that John Cena is going to be on television a whole lot more leading up to SummerSlam. I don't know what's going to happen after that. But I am happy to see him back because he's just, he's just John Cena. <laughs> like, I just get really happy when I see him doing all his movies and stuff. It just seems like he's really becoming his own type of man in terms of acting, you know, and he might reach, he might reach, um, the level of fame that The Rock has. Maybe we'll see, maybe, but you know, from what he's doing now, it's really cool. And to see him come back and give everybody a shot of adrenaline and joy was just really good for me. So that was awesome. Another thing I loved about SmackDown was just the fact that they were in Cleveland and the fact that they were at the Rolling Loud Hip Hop Festival. And on social media, a lot of people, it started off positive with the whole Rolling Loud situation. Um, but then once they actually put the wrestlers out there after Wale gave his intro, because he is the ambassador of rap <laughs> and wrestling, and I love him so much. He came out there and introduced the Street Profits um, with Angelo Dawkins facing um, Chad Gable. And that match was really good and really solid. But I kind of hated how a lot of people were coming down on the Rolling Loud audience because they weren't reacting to everything the way that normal wrestling fans would react to the match. And they were making it seem like them choosing the Street Profits and Otis and Chad Gable and Bianca and Carmella was a mistake and that they should have brought like other people like, say, Jeff Hardy or somebody else like that to actually cater to the audience because um, on a mainstream level, they would know them and not necessarily know the people that they chose. And as much as I understand that and bringing that familiarity of mainstreamness to the Rolling Loud Festival, I don't feel like they made the wrong choice in choosing who they chose because when you think of the Street Profits and when you think about Bianca Belair, they basically are hip hop without even trying. Like, they are hip hop without even trying. It's like when Montez and Angelo get together, they have all of that youthful millennial energy. Um, they make all kinds of rap, you know, references and video game references at times, not as many as a new day, of course, you know, and basketball references and stuff like that. They are hip hop and it's them and it's coming from them from a natural place and not from a place like they're trying, like it's contrived or they're trying to be extra or they're trying to be, oh, well, you know, cool or whatever, like it's coming from a real place. And when you have Bianca Belair, she's just the epitome of, you know, the cool, the cool black woman that you just want to be around that just oozes confidence and just oozes amazingness simply because she is. She she's like the popular athletic girl, you know, who can, you know, be an athlete and run track and win medals and stuff at school, you know, or in college or something like that. But then go to the party and be the cool girl who will show up in her big, giant beauty, <laughs> beauty supply store earrings and still be, you know, cute as all get out and be the life of the party. That's Bianca Belair. Like they're hip hop without trying to be. And it disappointed me to see so many people just, you know, sort of turn on them and be all like, oh, well, they shouldn't have chose them and all the other stuff. Who else could they have chosen for that? 
they are hip hop, even though they may not have got to express that as much because they had the match and they didn't have mics or whatever and all that. But they are. And I don't feel like that was the wrong choice. And I'm pretty sure they connected with somebody. So I'm not mad about who they chose. I'm glad Bianca retained her title against Carmella. Um, Like, and even though they weren't reacting the way that we felt like that a lot of wrestling fans felt like they should have reacted. I'm pretty sure they touched somebody out there and somebody is probably going to give wrestling a chance out of that crowd. Somebody might give wrestling a chance just because they saw them wrestle. And that's just how I see it. Um, And plus, I also feel that if they had not have chosen the newer stars to go out there for Rolling Loud, those same fans who were complaining about them being out there, about 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 them being out there would have complained if they chose somebody older. And that's just the truth of wrestling fans at times. Sometimes we can be really flip-floppy in what we choose to, you know, like and choose to not like for whatever reason. And I really feel like if they had a chosen Stone Cold Steve Austin or if they had a chosen um, Jeff Hardy or something like that, then, or somebody like that, or The Rock or somebody like that, Y'all would have been mad that they didn't choose the newer people and actually introduce newer stars. So which one is it going to be? Like, are you going to be happy that they put these new stars out here? Or are you going to be mad that they put these new stars out there? Like, you can't have it your way. This ain't Burger King. This is, I mean, stop. But either way, I liked it. So it's cool with me. Um, And then back in Cleveland, you had Edge and Seth Rollins going at each other back and forth. And Seth actually called Edge grandpa. And I thought that was mad disrespectful. Um, But I did think it was funny, though. And he did wind up beating his tail. So Edge versus Seth is going to be a good match at SummerSlam. So that's going to be good. But Roman Reigns gave the burn of the century when he came out and responded to John Cena's challenge, you know, for the universal title, he came out there with Paul Heyman after the Usos had their um, match with Dominic. I think it was Jimmy who fought Dominic. And after they won their match, Roman Reigns came out there and addressed John Cena and was like, I thought that Hollywood gave him like a makeover or something, but It just felt like it was 2005 all over again. It was 2005 John Cena. The same outfit, the same hat, the same promo. And then he went on to say, it's like the missionary position. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. And I died. (laughs) I really felt like my soul left my body when he said that. And I was like, oh my God. And he literally said, that doesn't inspire the head of the table. And I'm sitting here like, I never thought that I would hear the words missionary position and inspired in the same sentence, in the same collection of sentences. But this is 2021 and here we are. So that's what happened. And that was the burn of the century. And I literally tweeted that I'm going to put it up there with the Usos burning Xavier Woods at that rap battle when they said, don't get all rated R like your boy Xavier Woods. Because <laughs> that was a burn from hell. <laughs> and 
this was a bird from hell. So I was just like, gosh, Roman, I feel like this feud is going to be 10 times better than the feud they had when Roman was um, a face a long time ago. Like, this is not 2016 or 2017 Roman Reigns. This is 2021 Roman Reigns that's them been through some stuff. He done survived cancer. He's become the head of the table. He got Paul Heyman by his side. He has five kids now. Like, baby, Roman Reigns is not with no BS. And John Cena is going to have a rude awakening coming to him. And it's so funny because earlier in the show, John Cena was like, so are you team cargo pants or are you team George? So are you team Cena or are you team Roman? Well, I'm gonna let you know, baby, I'm team Roman, especially with the way he was looking in that white shirt um, last night. Good God, he's so fine. I love my boyfriend, but he's so fine. But either way, it's just I'm on team Roman, baby, because this ain't gonna be, you know, your average feud it seems like Roman Reigns really has the smoke for John Cena and I can't wait for them to face each other and throw shade at each other again like that's gonna be amazing and then Paul Heyman singing John Cena's theme song and the accuracy of it was super funny like I was laughing so hard because the accuracy just had me dying like it's hilarious Paul Heyman is a jewel to wrestling and we just need to keep him as long as we can just wrap him in bubble wrap so we can just keep him here on the earth I'm not ready to let him go but um and Finn Balor faced Sami Zayn and that was cool um Finn Balor beat Sami Zayn and then he also went on to challenge Roman Reigns for the universal title that he never lost so I'm okay with that I'm okay with that. I don't know when it's going to happen. It might not happen as of, at SummerSlam, but we'll see. <laughs> there is so much happening and it's so exciting, man. Like SmackDown gives me everything that I wish Raw would give. And I feel like SmackDown at this point is the A show. Plus not to mention they announced, WWE announced that um Atlanta is going to have a WWE pay-per-view on New Year's eve into new year's day so it's just so much cool stuff that's happening then this was announced by trey young who um plays for the atlanta hawks so there's just so much happening where wwe is experimenting with branching out with new audiences and stuff and still you know intriguing us as diehard fans low-key even though they're trying to teeter-totter between the diehards and the casuals or whatever but at least they're trying and then also and just wrestling is just all it's just exciting because you have AEW and you got Andrade doing everything he's doing and working with Chavo Guerrero which makes me miss Eddie even more because it's just like oh my god I would I would have loved to have seen Eddie Guerrero versus Andrade that match would kill me but it's okay Eddie is resting in heaven praise god but either way um it's just I just wrestling is just becoming greater and greater you know as the summer you know hits and I'm just really happy with everything that's going on so that's pretty much everything I liked about wrestling this week if there's anything that you liked about wrestling this week you know feel free to tell me as I post about this episode or comment and you know share my episode and talk about what you liked in wrestling because I feel like sometimes it's so easy for us to 
talk so much trash about everything that we don't like let's just talk about the things that we do like you know because being negative all the time and constantly doesn't make our skin clearer and it doesn't make us cute so let's just be happy and enjoy the things you know that make us happy and just be good and enjoy the things that we love about wrestling so yeah that's the end of what I liked in wrestling this week Right, so thank you for listening to this episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. I want to thank Amber Rodriguez again for coming on my show, and I can't wait to see what she has to offer at the Belladonna Division show Genesis 2 here in Gadsden, Alabama. There's so much going on. Um, so if you want to see everything that's going on with me and keep up with me, you can follow me on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast and at Queen Steph Hardy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy and at Hardy WrestlePod. Um, and also, please follow Women's Wrestling Talk because I am a part of the hosting team on that podcast as well. We do all kinds of watch-alongs for different pay-per-views. We write articles and we go over and we have panels over what we think about women's wrestling and how, you know, the women's wrestlers are faring over the course of the next few months and stuff like that. So so please follow us and see what we've got going on um, on that aspect. So... That's pretty much it for me. Um, please listen to the episode. Please like, share, and subscribe. And continue to support the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Also, if you have a chance, please check out Jobber Tears. They're having an um, event this next Saturday um, in Brooklyn, New York called Jobber Slam Above the Ring. And the Hardy Wrestling Podcast is a proud sponsor of that show. I've sponsored my sponsored my first wrestling show and I'm so excited about it. And the card is stacked for it. So it's got some of the best in indie wrestling, especially black indie wrestlers on that card. So if you want to check that out, please do and give more information from them. I'm so happy to be supporting them in this because all they've done is support me. So I guess so this is sort of me sort of giving it and paying it forward to them as well. So, um, I hope you're being your best self and I hope you're remaining safe from this Rona because the Rona is proceeding to spread itself around and make different versions of itself. So I hope you guys are being safe and doing everything you can to slow the spread. And I hope you're eating healthy and doing everything that you can possibly do to be your best self to the people in your life and showing love and showing comfort to those who need it. So with that in mind, this is the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. And until next time, bye, y'all.